0: Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from this week's teaching. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. I'm sitting here with Pastor James. How are you, man? Hey, Shane. Doing good? Doing great, man. For those of you who obviously cannot see this because we are just podcast-based for Tuesday Take... Our pastor is wearing one of the greatest <laughs> Hawaiian shirts I've ever seen in my life.
1: Look, it's a party every day we're alive, man. Hey, man. So That's
0: what I thought he was going to Oahu today or something, man. Like yeah. it's Hey, if you nice. can't go there,
1: we bring it here.
0: I'm telling you. Actually, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to take a picture of him right now. I'm taking a picture right now. I'm going to make sure you can hear it. If you would like that picture, text me, (laughs) and I'll be glad to send it to you. I'm telling you, it's a nice shirt. Anyway, um, I think – how long have we been in Sermon on the Mount?
1: (laughs) I forgot. I don't know.
0: Just a while.
1: Well, we started a little bit before
0: COVID started,
1: because we started Matthew, what, in January? Mm Mm-hmm. So
0: So probably –
1: End of February, first of march And
0: I I think every week since then I have said that it's been sneaky – and why break it now? Yeah. Uh, man, like, man, just a lot in these these small sections that I think I've breezed through all my life and not really thought anything twice about, but like really when you go in and you break down what Jesus is actually saying in these times, man, like it's why people, I guess, like to stay away from the Sermon on the Mount because it calls for change. Man. Yeah,
1: well, and I think... Um... In the sermon, you know, these are things we're somewhat familiar with, especially the Lord's Prayer. But, um, you know, even like this Sunday, I, it it was just a lot. It was a lot to go through. I understand why people they'll usually do a whole sermon series in the Lord's Prayer and they'll just break up every prayer, you know, for like a seven week study or whatever. But because it was a lot this week, you know, to deal with. And so there's hopefully we can deal with a little more stuff this morning because there's a lot of things that could be said and you know diving deeper into certain things. It just Time wise, we shouldn't have time to do that.
0: Yeah. But. Well, man, jumping into some questions. Um, the past two weeks, your main idea has been that the Lord's Prayer is meant to be a primer to commune with God. And that is a very good reminder. But I think sometimes that can be an ethereal kind of thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it feels like, yeah, Jesus did that because he was the Son of God. <clears throat> It's hard for me to do it, but you know Scripture shows us that we're we're called to do that, and then that we should do that. So, how can we take it from something that is kind of feeling ethereal and make it more practical in our lives?
1: I think using it, and and maybe even like I like I was thinking of this idea of like uh, t ball, you know, or like baseball, you know. Of course, I think the t is always something that even professional players will still go back to the yeah. t. But you start at a certain place. But with the hopes of that you don't need the T anymore, you know, you move on. And so similar to even this model, I I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones or somebody I was reading this past week basically made the statement of, like, the goal is, like, with the model prayer is for us just to in our heads. And I think, and I don't know if I said this Sunday, but I think, or maybe we said on the podcast last week of, like, look, if, if something comes up in our life and we need to pray, it's not like, all right, let me think through the Lord's Prayer and I have to go through this whole list before I ever get down to my request. You know, like, I think this is a model for time, like, an a lot of time spent with God. But I think the hope is that we see somewhat of a general pattern of like these are things that should be our concerns in prayer, but that it's, it becomes so routine in our life that I don't need the model anymore. And it says, oh, I can refer back to the model just like a T, but, you know, in baseball, but I can, I, it becomes so just, you know, habitual in my life of praying and thinking through all of these things. And so um, I think practically would be it may be, you know, for a little while, of just like using the prayer and just thinking, using it as a template, you know, of maybe going through your prayer life and starting with each line and kind of doing it and then using it as a springboard to to pray about certain things in our life. Yeah. And so with the hopes of that, you know, we don't just have this rigid legalistic thing, you know, because we don't want to be like what it said earlier, of don't be like the Gentiles who just heap up these phrases thinking they're going to be heard by God. And so we don't want to Then hear that, and then turn around and do that same thing in the Lord's prayer. And so I think that's the somewhat of the danger we have to be aware of of not making it legalistic. But I think just thinking as a framework of as we pray, you know, just thinking through like, are these am I are these things my prayer? You know, prayer time. You know, maybe am I missing something? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm just going to petitions. Um, But if on a regular basis, if I'm like, man, I'm never really spending time in adoration you know, to adjust that. So
0: And I think that I mean, you just said something I think that's very important too is going back and looking at, at the previous um, sections that we've walked through as well will help tremendously. Um, like you like you're saying, like we just talked about how not to pray and all these things. So it's like Jesus meant for these things to build on each other. It's crazy how that worked out. Um, how he
1: designed it that way.
0: So I think going back and looking is, is, I think that's a really important thing to do in conjunction with things that we've seen the past two weeks.
1: And again, I think we did it, was it maybe the week before just when we dealt with prayer, you know, that the main purpose of prayer is to commune with God. And one of the application, I think, points was like, don't overthink prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think even with the Lord's Prayer, there can be a thing of like, all right, here's my list. And so let me just kind of, and so it's, it's a guide, it's a model to help us, um, but we don't want to become so legalistic with it. You know, hopefully it'll, it becomes habit for us. Just and even as we think, just even to be conscious in our minds of like things that we need to be praying about, seeking the Lord first. You know, those kind of things. So um, that was kind of my fear in in reading through it. Is I don't I don't want to overthink it or make it so legalistic. You know, yeah. in the Lord's Prayer, instead of just like he's saying, like, "Look, here's how to pray," you know, here's just a model. Um, obviously, make it your own and you know, yeah. coming from your heart, and you know, as you are with God. And and I, and I think we've said this maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, still, I think one of my most practical ways to learn how to pray um, is you know use the Word of God to do that, especially the Psalms. You know, you read through the Psalms and use that as a template to pray, and you really see how people cried out to the Lord and. And obviously you'll see different, you'll see, these. you'll see, uh, and a lot of times you'll see these, these patterns, it'll, it may even begin with a request and then it ends with adoration. It may start yeah. with adoration and then moves into confessing sin. You know, there, it's like this ebb and flow of the way you see, and you can see that when you read through the Psalms. And so, um, I think the Psalms give a good, um, a good model as well, you know, in prayer.
0: Okay. Um, you mentioned that our need to confess sin is because that sin that is not confessed cannot be forgiven. So out of that statement, I've got two questions. Okay. One, why do we automatically find a rub with a statement like that?
1: Uh, I think it's like, you know, I, I think we sometimes maybe it goes back to the gospel and the salvation of, like, it's, it's something that God does in us. And so I think when you hear that, like, I have to confess my sin in order to be forgiven of sin, but I think sometimes we feel maybe a rub there. But I think when you look all throughout Scripture, we read several passages very clearly of like, when I confess my sin, God met, we, met me with forgiveness. First uh, John one nine, you know, uh, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. And so I think it's this in this way that God's designed it. Even even through a request, God knows God knows my sin. But it's I, and it's the same thing. We use example of like my wife, you know, and you probably know this clearly too. It, it it's not enough just to just generally be like, "Hey, I'm sorry," but why? Like like why? Like what what was what was the offense? Like what was actually done? And so I think sometimes we can generally just be like, "Lord, just forgive me of all my sins." Yes, that's a good I think a good prayer to pray. Like God, just forgive me of all my sins. And there's some things maybe we do that aren't we're not aware of, and maybe we need mm-hmm. God to make that aware in our life. There's some things we sin that we're very aware, and so I think in the idea of forgiveness, it it comes through confessing of like naming and realizing the the weight of you know the weight of our our sinfulness, the weight of you know those things, um, you know, in our life. Like one of the things that, and I think it was good, kind of a model. Paul Tripp gives this quote. And it says, you cannot uh, confess what you have not grieved, um, and you can't grieve what you do not see, and you can't repent of what you have not confessed. And so it kind of goes about this thing, I think, in starting with seeing God for who He is, of like, maybe sometimes we don't confess our sin because we're not really aware of it, or we don't really see sin for what it is, and the offense, and to see how God is holy. And of course, you see this, what I always bring up Isaiah 6 Isaiah very clearly, when he came into the presence of God and saw the awe and the wonder and the majesty and the holiness of God, he was very aware of his sinfulness yeah. and very aware of how wicked he was, how wicked his heart was. And and I think that's intentional, starting with adoration, recognizing the glory and majesty, of and then through that I'm able to rightly see myself. But sometimes we don't confess our sins, acknowledge our sin, because maybe it's a tendency for us to... We're not really rightly maybe seeing ourselves.
0: Um yeah.
1: or, really, or we don't really grieve our sin, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just sorry I got caught, or I don't like the repercussions mm. of sin. You know, I don't... So I'm not really I'm not really sorry it hinders my relationship. I'm just sorry I got caught, and I'm having to deal with the consequences of my sin. Yeah. And so I think... And even we dealt with that. Um, of course, I think it's a certain... You know, we dealt with repentance. And so what repentance is and what it's not... And so sometimes it's like it's not just feeling bad... And it's not just, you know, sometimes we feel bad because we get, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not really sorry I did it. I'm just, I'm sorry I have to deal with the consequences of it, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's any time I was a kid and I got caught going into the snack drawer. I'm not sorry because I wanted a snack. I'm sorry because my mama saw me and right. I got wouldn't have saw me,
1: I would keep going back. I would have kept going
0: back and I'd have probably ate a lot and I would have indeed ruined my supper. Um,
1: yeah, I think the tricky thing about confession, and I think and a lot of it is sensing our weight for, sin. you know, understanding yeah. sin and what it does, and it does hinder our relationship with God. I, again, for us as believers, we know God's forgiven us, redeemed us um, from our sinfulness, and just because I sinned today doesn't mean now I'm not a son any longer, but I think it's also to remember, though, that sin does hinder our relationship with God, and I mean, we, I, I think we all somewhat on a level know, um, and, and I understand we have a Father that forgives and we can run to him with our sinfulness and confess it, and he's faithful and just to forgive us. Um, but I think that there, you know, I think this should be a regular thing within within our life is confession of sin, acknowledgement. And we know we have a Father that forgives and is merciful, and has provided a way for us to be forgiven. Um, so we don't have to be scared in, or fearful in that, but I think there does need to be a reverence and a, and a humbling of, um, and not to take advantage, you know, of well, I'm I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a son, so I can I can really do whatever
0: I want, you know. Yeah.
1: And that's not it's
0: not at all. No, <laughs> um, dealing with that, and we talked about it some a few weeks ago too. But in this aspect, why is an accountability partner so important?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is what it was in Ecclesiastes. Of course, this is used in marriage things, but I think it could be used for a lot. You know, two is better than one. Mm-hmm. Um, When one stumbles, one's able to pick the other up. And and I think, um, and this is all of us, I think we all have blind spots in our life. All of us do, you know. I know we like to think we don't. I like to think I don't. But there are certain things that I don't see or there are certain I don't, you know, we all convince ourselves we're, you know, that we're better than we are. And so I think it's good to have other people in our life that's willing to either and obviously in a spirit of love and gentleness and kindness, but to be able to point things out to us, to be able to to show, hey, you know, this isn't good. This isn't a right way to be thinking, this isn't this isn't right action. Um and so I, I think I think that's what's hard is when we have people in our life that do that. Um, you know, I don't think any of us like to be called out on things. Yeah. Um, but I think we do need other perspective in our life, you know, and us be willing to I think, with grace to receive criticism or constructive criticism, you know, or to be able to have people that are able to see see areas of our life that sometimes we're blinded to. So
0: um, We saw that a true mark of being changed is that we're able to forgive others. Why do you think we have such a hard time doing that?
1: I think some, some ways... And maybe a couple things, but I think in some ways, going back to sin, I think sometimes we don't recognize how great of how how grave our sin was, and how much um, worse our sin, how much we've sinned against God versus someone sinning against us, you know, or doing something to us. And so, I think sometimes we lose sight of that, you know, because that's what he's saying. Like, if God's forgiven you of this much, to forgive others is way less than what God had to do for us. But I think sometimes we don't see it that way, you know again, I think we, we think ourselves better than we, we probably are. And so I think a lot of it is is losing sight of how much really of the grace and forgiveness I needed, mm. um, and to see the distance of what we really, our rebellion against God was, and how much God bridged the gap because of Jesus for us. And so I think, I think there's that. You know, I think we lose sight of how much we were forgiven. And it probably seems very personal, you know. Um, it's very up and close, and you know, when People say things to us, do things to us, you know, that harm us. Um, I think it seems a lot more real, a lot more personal, and so I think sometimes it's hard for us to... And, I, you know, I, I may have said it Sunday, but it is interesting how how much we long for God to forgive us just with, with no questions asked. Mm. Um, but yet we... That's not the way we are in relationships. You know, I'll forgive you, but... <laughs> Um, we have a lot of stipulations that yeah. we want you to meet certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to prove to me, you know. And I think there's wisdom in um, in, in relationships, and sometimes relationships aren't good for people. But I think in giving forgiveness and understanding it's not just about a feeling either. You know, sometimes when we forgive others, um, it doesn't always mean that I feel like I need to forgive, you know, like, just walking in obedience, you know, to that, so.
0: You talked about seeking spiritual protection, um, and namely protection against evil. And I think that sometimes we're not aware of the spiritual world around us, and to borrow from Paul, why do we usually just wrestle with flesh and blood rather than the things that aren't unseen?
1: I think it's similar to even forgiveness. It's right in front of us, flesh and, you know, like, You know, and I think sometimes the spiritual aspect of things kind of not freaks us out, but kind of weirds us out a little bit. And it kind of is like, "Ah, that seems real. I can't really, you know, see it. And so it seems real kind of mystical. And so you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I know scripture says it, but like, it's just easier just to focus on like what's going on here, you know? Mm. Um, And that maybe comes to even praying um, that God. Lord would open the eyes of our hearts to and, and, and to see what's really going on and just to be reminded of like we have a, a faith that's spiritual and the unseen spiritual realm of what's going on plays into a lot more things than I think we think it is. And this yeah, I, I look, I, I gotta be honest, even working on Sunday like how often I forget, you know, um, of how often there are spiritual things, spiritual warfare that's that's taking place. Um, very clearly, you see a lot of spiritual activity when Jesus steps on the scene, and uh, and we'll see that when we walk through it. You know, it may be uncomfortable a little bit because I think mm-hmm. any time it just I don't know it kind of scares us or it weirds us out or like nah, I don't know if I really want to deal with that. You know, um, but I think even in the prayer, just be reminded of like temptation, sin, evil, spiritual things is something that we need to be praying about yeah. and to be conscious of. You know, um, in our own life, and so. But I think it's easier just to focus on the, the, what we see in front of us, the physical, and maybe not worry about the spiritual. But as, even as Jesus says in our prayer, this should be something that we are thinking about, praying about, because it's very real, whether right. we acknowledge or not. You know, mm-hmm. the spiritual things in warfare is real, and um, we can't deny it. You know, I think mean, that'd be something probably the enemy would uh, would delight in that we just act like he's not real and yeah. act like you know, these things don't exist when they very much do. You yeah.
0: Know? Um, one more question, and more so just because I'm curious, and I have been wondering, um, since Sunday you had mentioned that um, the last section for years is the kingdom and the power and the mm-hmm. glory forever, amen. I'll be honest, whenever we were reading through it I was like where's, where's the rest of it? Is it like in <laughs> Luke? Is it in John? Is it somewhere else? Um, and you mentioned that you know, that some historians don't believe that Jesus actually said that. And so just, you know, not practicality, not a thing, anything like that. Have you read anything that may say as to why they put it in there?
1: Um, I think it was kind of, some people have said maybe it was more of like a mansure thing of like, well, there's a certain etiquette of how you end a prayer. And so it just sounds better. Because he
0: didn't say in my name I pray. Yeah, right, right. <laughs>
1: And so, and again, it's not wrong. I mean, you see in Revelation, you know, yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory, you know, honor it to your name. And so, I, th- there's nothing unbiblical about that ending. Um, I think it's a to end with praise, to end with really good. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's anything wrong with it, but maybe um, over, I don't know. Maybe people just added it in there to maybe add a different element you know to it it is interesting though um you know in the in the catholic faith you know they don't add it in it and oh. so like i don't know if you've ever been like at a wedding or uh, a mass or whatever I remember I, I did the first time down in LSU. I went to Mass with some friends, and you repeat the Lord's Prayer. I was like, oh, yeah. There are other things that's going on. And I'm like, I have no clue what's going on. But when they started reciting the Lord's Prayer, I'm like, oh, I got this. And so I started quoting it. And then it's like they end with the last part, and I was like, "And yours is – And I'm like, oh. I, and everybody slowly turns and looks at you. And yeah, was yeah like, they're like, oh, uh. yeah, he's not Catholic. <laughs> you know, he's um, – and so – um anyway I, I think it's interesting and I, even when we read it probably people were like hey why didn't you say the end part you know like why didn't you read the end part
0: All I mean, right. I, mean I, I I was wondering why. we for, sure, for sure for so. sure yeah, yeah yeah
1: I'm sure people are like why why he didn't say the right ending um but I, it, you know and I I'd probably have to do more study on it but yeah. from the little that I was reading on it in uh, in it was just that a lot of people believe that it was added on a little later and that Jesus most likely didn't say it um And so, but it's not, again, it's not wrong. It's It's not not, wrong to pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you say it, it's not like, oh, you're, you're, you know, it's a, that's a biblical prayer um, that we see in scripture. But
0: I got you, man. Well, um, I appreciate you taking some time, sitting down and answering some questions, man. Thanks, man.